Hi, and welcome back to Elevator Talk. I am so excited because I'm doing this podcast as I'm sipping on my lemon and cucumber infused water. And I'm going to be talking about 10 life changing questions that you need to ask yourself today. So here's some simple questions which can help you be honest with yourself about the direction that you're taking in your life. And the key word in here is honest. If we had to circle the key word in in what I just said, it's honest. And you have to be honest with yourself because if you can't be honest with yourself, who can you be honest with? So number one, how will your life be different a year from now? Versus, and I'm, I'm asking this question because I want you to think about where you were last year. And then think about where you are now. But then I want you to fast forward and where do you see your life a year from now? Because I guarantee you, most of you are not where you thought you would be a year ago. COVID-19 happened. That was something that we had no control over. But as I'm hoping that things are going to get better this year, I need you all to be thinking about where you're going to be a year from now. So think about what needs to be fixed in your life. Whether it's a self-destructive habit, burdensome debt, loneliness, or anything else. Think about the fact that it takes 28 days to change a behavior that you are currently, that you currently have. Decide that you're going to start right now making the necessary changes that will make things better in your life. I promise you, you will appreciate it. Number two, what are you grateful for? This is this is a powerful one right here, you guys. So if you are a note taker, if you like to journal, I need you to get out your journal. I already have mine written down in my war binder, but I need you to start writing down. What are you grateful for? And if you say to yourself, well, Michelle, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic. The economy is falling apart. People have lost loved ones. What do you mean? What am I grateful for? I don't have a job or my job has cut back my hours. What do you mean? What am I grateful for? So if you don't think that you have anything to be grateful for, then honey, I need you to start with the fact that you woke up this morning. You have a roof over your head. See, somebody went to bed last night, but they didn't wake up this morning. So you need to be thankful for that. You need to be grateful for that. Because that's a gift that God didn't have to give you. And it's a gift that he didn't have to give me. The fact that you have a roof over your head, you should be grateful. Because somebody somewhere went to sleep and they had to sleep on a park bench. In a tent. Under a a bridge. In a car. Because they don't have a house. So you need to be grateful that you had a roof over over your head. You're in your right mind. Somebody went to bed last night and woke up and they were just as nutty as all get out. But they didn't go to bed that way. So I don't know what what causes that. That's not my field of work. But somebody did. So you ought to be grateful that you woke up in your right mind. You have a job to go to. Maybe your hours have been cut back. You might not even like your job. You might not even like your co-workers. You probably can't stand your supervisor. But you have a job to go to that's going to pay you every week or bi-weekly or the 15th and the 30th of the month, however you get paid. Somebody somewhere doesn't even have that. So you ought to be grateful. You have a car to drive. 
and it's getting you where you need to be or you have money to take public transportation. Somebody somewhere would love to have the car you drive, that you have. It may not be the car that you necessarily want, but you have transportation. Somebody somewhere say, hey, I would love to be driving that 2010 Toyota Corolla, or Camry or whatever. You may not like it and you see everybody driving new cars and think, oh, I wish I had something else. It's so raggedy thing. I can't stand this. Well, guess what? Be grateful for it because at least you have that. Because again, somebody somewhere doesn't even have what you have. You have family. You have friends that love and care about you. And most importantly, no matter what you did yesterday, you can start all over again today. And it goes back to what I just said. Somebody went to bed yesterday thinking that they were going to wake up today and they were going to do because, you know, they you know how we always say, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then at some point tomorrow won't come for all of us at some point. Now, I'm not speaking doom and gloom, but I'm just calling as I see it. At some point tomorrow will fail to come for all of us. So this is why I'm always stressing to people. Stop saying you'll do it tomorrow. Because tomorrow may not come for you. Or it may not come for me. So in essence, what I'm saying here is there's always something to be grateful for. Let me share this with you. When I get up in the morning before my he my feet hit the floor, I always say, Lord, I am so thankful and I'm grateful that you allowed me to wake up this morning. I'm thankful and I'm grateful, grateful for the roof over my head. The fact that I can go downstairs and get a hot shower. The fact that I can go into the kitchen and make me some breakfast. Now, I'm not a cook by any stretch of the imagination. I pretend to cook and every now and then I burn things, but I'm so thankful that I have food in my refrigerator. Even if it's just a bowl of cereal and some milk. I have food in my refrigerator. I'm thankful that I had a bed to sleep in. And I didn't have to sleep out on a park bench. I'm thankful for the job that you've given me. Although it has no real growth potential to go anywhere else, I'm thankful for it nonetheless. I'm thankful for the fact that I have not one, but two vehicles. Even though I don't like necessarily having to pay two car notes, it is what it is. On my 2015 Equinox, the um, engine went out. And it was a recall notice that was sent out. I did not get it because apparently a lot of folks that have that particular model did not get the recall notice. So I'm working with General Motors now trying to get that fixed. It's been a year. But in the meantime, between time, I still need to get around. So I had to go and buy another. I had bought a 2020 Equinox because I, I had a good incentive to take that one, y'all. Let me just tell you. But I, I ended up getting that one last February. So now I'm stuck with two car notes. But I'm thankful. You know why? I'm thankful that I can afford to pay those two car notes. That's what I'm thankful for. And even though I'm still working with General Motors to get the 2015 fixed, I believe that we're going to get it fixed. Because I talked to the guy over at the dealership and he sent General Motors what they needed to, um, to repair, to replace the engine. And I let them know I'm not paying a dime out of my pocket. You all have been stringing me along for a whole year. I said some other things I had to, to repent for, but you get where I'm going with this. But I'm thankful that even though I've been I've had to pay two car notes for almost a year now. And I still have about, I think, four more months left on the 2015 and it's paid for maybe five months. But I'm thankful that I could that I can afford two car notes, which means two insurances, which means two tag renewals. And all those other things we're doing it in twos, but I'm thankful for it.
So I said, Lord, at first I said, this is a curse. And I said, no, it's not. It's a blessing in disguise. Because I heard the voice of God say, Michelle, didn't I provide for you? Don't I provide for you? I always have and I'll continue to provide for you. So what you complaining for? It's not like you can't afford both car notes. Come on now. I'm just saying, don't ever think that you don't have anything to be thankful for because I thank God for all of those things. I thank God for my family, both far and near. I thank God for my neighbors. I thank God for my co-workers, my church family, my church as a whole. You have something to be grateful for and you don't have to go far to look for it because you do have something. Number three, what nice things can you do for someone else today? So I want you to think about giving somebody, maybe you're in line and you see somebody that has one or two items and they're looking like, God, I want her to get to this line. I need to get up out of here. And I've done it before. And I say, you know what? You only have one or two items. Why don't you come on around and, and get in front of me? And they'll say, oh, no, no, no. I said, no, come on, please come get in front of me because you only have one or two items. I got a whole cart full of stuff. That's doing something nice for someone. If you are still going into the office physically, then why don't you think about picking up a coffee for your coworker? You know, your, your coworker likes a caramel macchiato, stop at Starbucks and grab them one. Or whatever it is their favorite drink is. It could be apple juice, could be orange juice, whatever it is. Stop and pick it up for them and just say, hey, you know what, I thought about you and I wanted to bring you a drink from your favorite drink, whatever it is. Call your mom or your dad and sit down and really listen at them tell you what's going on in their lives. Because I think sometimes we try to be, I feel the sneeze coming on you guys. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes as our parents get older, not me, but I do know people that do this. They, they get a little dismissive because they're like, oh, I do not feel like listening to my mom rambling on, or my dad rambling on about their military buddies doing this or their, their bingo group doing that or their knitting group doing the other. Sit down and really give them some of your time and listen to them. Let them tell you what's going on in their lives. Let them tell you how they're feeling, what they're doing, what excites them, what frightens them. You know, that that's a good deed. Even little things can make a big difference in somebody's day. Plus, researchers have found that performing acts of kindness actually makes people feel a lot happier. So we need to do more of that. Number four, how much do you worry about what other people think? Now, I need you to really think about this. So you can't be present and 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 be your best self if you're consistently asking yourself questions like, you know, do they do they think I'm smart? Do they think I'm successful? Do they like me? Do they think what I said was stupid? Because in truth, you can never really know what someone else thinks of you. You truly can't unless that person's bold enough to tell you. So instead of worrying about what it is that they're saying about you or what they're thinking about you, be your most confident self in all that you say and do. Also, remember this, you guys, God hears conversations that you didn't hear or that you would never hear normally. And so he will keep keep those people away from you. Because those people don't deserve your time or your energy. So I don't worry about what people think about me and I don't worry about what they say about me because it's irrelevant. It's none of my business. So what people think about you and what they say about you, it's none of your business. Stop stress, stressing over that. God knows. He sees all. He'll handle that. That's not for you to worry about. 
You just be bold and you be the, the confident person that I believe that you are and you go on with your life and be successful. Number five, what are you doing to invest in your relationships? So after following the lives of 268 Harvard undergraduate males from the classes of 1938 to 1940, psychiatrist George Vallant concluded this. And this is something that you probably already know, that love is the key to happiness. Even if a man succeeds in, in his work, has a ton of money, has great health, you know, the perfect spouse, without loving relationships, he wouldn't be happy. The, there was a, a study that showed that happiness depends on two things. One of those things is love. And the other thing is finding a way of coping with life that does not push love away. Because if we're not careful, we can push people away, the same people that we say we love. So you need to find a balance so that we're not pushing away the people that we say we love. Number six, what do you do for fun? What do you do for fun? Now, if you had to think about that just now, your work-life balance is probably off. On your deathbed, always know this. You can, before I jump into my, my next sentence, let me say this. You can work yourself down to the nubs of your fingers if you want to. But on your deathbed, people will never say, Lord, I wish I had worked more. Especially if you spent your whole life working. You just work, 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 work all the time. You didn't take vacations. You, you didn't spend time with family because you said, I have to work. I have to make money because I want to leave generational wealth. And it's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. I encourage leaving generational wealth, but you have got to take some time for you. Just like I've got to take time for me. You've got to take time to spend time with your family. And if you don't feel like being bothered with anybody, or maybe you don't even have a family, that's all right too. Take time to do something that you enjoy doing. Get a book and read. Sometimes I just veg out for a few hours on YouTube. Learning something new. That's why I try my best to make sure I learn at least two new things, at least one thing every day, but some, two if I can. You know, and, and, you, and it doesn't have to be just YouTube. It could be Netflix. Sit down and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to watch me a movie or two movies or even three on a weekend. You just need to clear your mind of the day-to-day -day work and just enjoy having fun, laughing at some comedy. Spend time with your family or your friends, but you can just laugh and where you can laugh and talk and just have a good time. Call somebody you haven't talked to in forever and a day. But again, like I said, if you work, work, work your whole life, when you get on your deathbed, I promise you, you're not going to say to yourself, I wish I had worked more. Especially if you're on your deathbed because of all the work that you've done and the fact that you never took time for yourself. You never had any downtime. You're going to say to yourself, Lord, I wish I had taken the time to, to, to enjoy life, to travel, to see new things, to do new things. And I don't want that to be you because I certainly don't want it to be me. So think about what you do for fun. And if you don't have a list of at least one or two things that you like to do for fun, honey, this is now is the time that you need to go out and find something fun to do. Number seven, are you comfortable in your own skin? 
Mm, that's deep, y'all. Are you, because I'm, I'm talking to you, so don't, don't turn around, look over your shoulder. I'm talking to you. Are you comfortable in your own skin? Can you look at yourself in the mirror and honestly say that you love you the way that you are, flaws and all? Can you look in the mirror and say you love the skin that you're in? See, there was one time that I didn't. I'm going to be honest with you. Because when I was coming up in school, the boys didn't really care for the dark-skinned girls. They didn't find us attractive. They liked the light-skinned girls with the long hair and the, the pretty eyes. And, and, and trust me, I had friends that of all shades of black because I think black is beautiful no matter what shade it is. I think people in general are beautiful, but I'm just talking about being an African-American individual. So at one time, dark-skinned girls just weren't in. And if you're honest with yourself, you know that. And so I did. I had trouble loving the skin that I was in because I felt that if a boy didn't care for me, he liked me as a friend. You know, we can laugh and kiki, but I wasn't somebody that he would want to date. I'm thinking, well, if he doesn't like it, why should I like it? And then one day, just like that, the light bulb came on. Michelle, you've got to love you the way you are, sweetie. God made you. It was when I started going to church as a teenager. Actually, let me take that back. When I really started fully understanding what the preacher was talking about. And, and, and Pastor Hicks started talking about loving the skin that you're in. Because if you can't love you the way you are, how do you expect somebody else to love you? Why should I love something that you don't even like? Think about that. But I learned that, you know what? I love Michelle. I love me just the way I am, flaws and all. I am saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. But I promise you, if you cross me, you will see a whole different Michelle. But I still love me. You know why? Because being saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost is not all that I am. I won't lie. I might cuss you if you push me too far. I don't set out to cuss folk out. But every now and then, if you push me too far, you might, like I said, get to see a whole nother side to me. And it takes a lot to get me at that point. But I still love me. That's a flaw that I have. For all of us. Now, some people just cuss all the time. It's a flaw. But I love me anyhow. I love my, my beautiful dark skin. I say dark brown skin, but I love it. I love it even though I have a few, you know, extra rolls of thickness around my midsection. I love it. I love that I have thick thighs, but there's a, there was a time that I could honestly say that I didn't like it. But I love that I have thick thighs because guess what? These are some strong legs. That's why I've touched 950 pounds on the leg press for three reps because I have these thick legs. So I love them. I love these legs because they allow me to squat in the bucket. Now, that's a whole nother video for a whole nother time if you're not sure what that means. But as a power lifter, now there are some federations that you can squat parallel, but I compete in, in federations where you have to let your glutes drop lower than your knees. That's called being in a bucket. And you've got to have some powerful legs to push you up. But again, there was a time that I could say I didn't like that. I'm a, let me say, I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to move on. There was a time I always, I can remember being in third grade and having a big behind. Can I just be honest with y'all about that? 
I do. I remember being in third grade and noticing that my butt was bigger than all the other girls in my class. I honestly think I first noticed it in the second grade. And I thought, Lord, what is wrong with me? Why is my butt so big? But then I came to love it because it's who I am. That's, that's my genetic makeup. It runs in my family. There's nothing I can do about that. And so I love it. And of course, as you get older, the guys love it too. But that's a whole nother video for a whole nother time. But there was a time, like I said, that I did not love that. I was like, Lord, why can't I have a smaller behind like everybody else or none at all? Because it attracts too much attention. But then I learned to love it. I learned to love everything about me. And so all I'm asking today is, are you comfortable in the skin that you're in? And if you're not, not, I need you to, to, to learn to become comfortable in the skin that you're in. Love you the way you are. Now, granted, there might be some things about you that you can fix. Maybe your, your, your attitude sometimes, how you, how you deal with people. You might need to change your diet a little bit. I'm not saying trying to get down to a size two. But, but we all can stand to lose a little weight, amen, because I know I can too, and I'm working on it. But the, if there's something about yourself that you don't like, fix it. But I'm going to tell you, there was a comedian, oh, Lord, Cheryl Underwood, I think is who it was. But anyway, she said, let me tell you something. She said, I learned in life that you have to love you the way you are as you work on getting to where you want to be. That's powerful right there. So if you have a few extra pounds that you need to lose, love yourself exactly the way you are as, as you get to where you want to be. Let me move on. Number eight, does anxiety put a damper on most of your days? See, nearly one in five people have some kind of anxiety disorder, which is the most common cause of mental illness in the United States. So if this is you, I need you to be honest with yourself and admit that 90% of what you worry about never comes to pass. And that is both scary and sad that we spend so much time worrying about things and they never come to pass. So now you've spent a whole week, a whole month, several months, a year worrying about something that, that never even came up. It was an issue only in your mind. So I want to encourage you guys to stop worrying, stop being anxious. The Bible even tells us be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication or something like that. But be anxious for nothing. I am anxious for absolutely nothing. And, I, and again, I had to learn to get to that point. But I'm not going to be anxious again because you know why? I serve a, a big God that sits high, sits high and looks low. So I don't have to be anxious about anything. What is, what's the song say? Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Yeah, I learned to do that. So I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to worry about if I apply for a job, will I get it? Or what are they going to do as a result of, of this happening or that happening? You know why? Because I know God's going to take care of it. So I want you all to stop being anxious. The benefit to removing fear and anxiety from your life is that you will appear more confident, which is a character trait that breeds success. You cannot be successful if you worry, if you walk around worrying and being anxious, because all that's going to do is have you constantly looking over your shoulder, worrying about what people think and what are they doing? Is somebody out to get me? You know, you can't do that. 
and be successful because it's not going to work. Number nine, what has or have been your biggest mistakes? What has been your biggest mistakes in life? And again, this may cause you to, to have to sit back and really do some thinking. So chances are your mistakes taught you a valuable lesson. Let's put a pin right there. I'm going to say this. I hope that whatever mistakes that you've made in life taught you a valuable lesson. Okay. And if it didn't, that's a problem, which should have strengthened your character. So take some inspiration from J.K. Rowling. And she says this, it is impossible to live life without failing at something. Let me put a pin right there. You cannot go through life without failing at something. Period. End of sentence. And we can pass the plate and give the benediction gone home from here. You cannot go through life without failing at something. Because that's just not the way life is set up. Unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all. In which case you failed by default. People that have gone through life and they have never failed at anything. Well, how do you learn if you don't fail? When I learned to ride a bike after the training wheels came off, I'm pretty sure like most of y'all, you fell off your bike, right? But you had to learn how to balance yourself and pedal until you got good at it. When I learned to ride a skateboard, I had a few falls, but then I learned how to, to balance myself on it, push myself and, and maneuver it without getting hurt. When I got into powerlifting, I had to learn how to properly squat. Did I hurt myself? Of course I did. I had a couple of times I got down in the bucket and I couldn't get back up with the weight. <laughs> and I remember one time I got stuck in the bucket and I, somehow or another I went to lean forward and the bar rolled over my neck. And you talk about something uncomfortable? Yeah, that stuff hurt. But guess what? I learned to use proper form because I have an awesome coach that took my failures and showed me how to get it right so that I would not hurt myself and I could increase my numbers on whatever it was that I was doing. So you have to fail at something because without failing at anything, and here's the other thing, if you never fail, how do you get better? If what you're doing right now, regardless of what it is, you pick any area of your life, and if you're doing something and everything just always goes right, it always goes smoothly, you have no reason to change, do you? No, because everything is working. And we typically don't change things that are working out for us. You only change when you hit a roadblock. You change when whatever it was that you, was do that you were doing, it's no longer working for you. Then you change and you go, oh, wait a minute, this ain't working no more. This job that I've been in forever and a day, I know that I should have been gone a long time ago, but everything was working along smoothly. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And then all of a sudden you hit a bump in the road. And God said, all right, I, now I have your attention. Are you ready to listen to me? Because you should have gone a long time ago, but you held on to what was comfortable. And so as long as things worked out, there was no reason to change. That's just the way life is. But I'm telling you now, when you live that way, you aren't really living. You are not living at all. In which case you've already failed by default. Number 10, 
What will people say about you at your funeral? I really need you to, to really think about that. What will people say about you at your funeral? Think about the people that are no longer here. And think about what they meant to you. Think about what they meant to others. Think back to what was said at their funeral, if, if you attended their funeral. Or think about what you said. Oh, man, you know, oh, so-and-so is no longer here. They were such a great person, a giving person, a kind person, a sweet person, a loving person, a God-fearing person. How are people going to remember you? Now, you might say, I don't care. And I've heard people say that, girl, I don't care about all of that because I'll be gone. I'm not worried about what people think about me. For what? I won't be here. But you know what? I care. I care in the sense that I don't ever want anybody to say, oh, my goodness, that Michelle, she was just as nasty as she can be. She's mean. She was honorary, stingy. I couldn't stand her. No, I don't want people to remember me that way. Now, when I talk about not worrying about what people think, this is a little bit different. I'm just saying, I'm not saying worry about this. I'm just asking you, what are people going to say about you? So basically what I'm saying to you is live your life in such a way that whenever your name comes up, it puts a smile on people's face. Whenever your name comes up, people smile. It's like, yeah, you know, man, I remember he was a good dude or she was a good person. Always giving. She cared about people. She loved life. That's what you want. Now, chances are, Like I said, those people that are no longer with you, they were interested in other people's lives. They were caring. They were giving. They were generous. They set an overall good example. And they might have had to cuss some folks from time to time. And they may have been one to cuss every other word. And you'll remember them for that. But what I'm saying is live your life in such a way that people will think about you and say, wow, you know what? I sure miss ABC or XYZ about this person. Start now in becoming someone who makes a positive and lasting impression on other people long after you're gone. That's something I want each and every one of you to start thinking about. Let me do a quick recap and I promise I'll let you be. So today I gave you 10 life-changing questions that I want you to ask yourself. Number one, I said, how will your life be different a year from now? Number two, what are you grateful for? Number three, what nice things can can you do for somebody else today? Number four, how much do you worry about what other people think? Number five, what are you doing to invest in your relationships? Number six, what do you do for fun? And remember what I said, if you have to think about that, then your work-life balance is off and you need to fix that. All work and no play makes a boring individual. Number seven, are you comfortable in your own skin? Can you look in a mirror and and hold your head up? And I say, I like to say I have pecs because I'm going to tell y'all, I I work my chest. Okay. So my, yeah, let me just leave it at that. But if you've ever seen my videos and seen me benching, you'll, you'll, you'll understand why I said that, but I hold my head up and I swell my, my chest up. And I say, Michelle, I love you just the way you are, girl. You are perfect. You are fearful and wonderfully made. You don't, you may have a few inches you need to lose, but that's all right. 
I still love everything about you from your head down to your toes. You've got to be comfortable in the skin that you're in. But here's something else I didn't mention before. When you don't, when you're not comfortable in your own skin, this is when people go out here and start bleaching their skin. I was looking at this whole series of videos on YouTube. Lord, it just made my stomach upset when I was looking at some of these people that have bleached their skin so much so that they look like different people. But to them, it's okay. It's not a big deal. And when I watched one of these videos and this guy, he was as dark as these pants that I have on right now. And he, before he bleached his skin. And so now he's just as white as the driven snow. And he said he likes being lighter because now he gets more attention from the girls. And then he had the audacity, the gall even to put down dark skinned people. I'm thinking, Ooh, shut your mouth. Really? Because this is not truly who you are, boo. This is who you've become because you didn't like the skin that you were in. It wasn't because he had a medical condition. He kept it real. He didn't like being dark skinned. He thought dark skinned people are unattractive. I say you look like a ghost clown. The way you, y'all, I'm getting in my feelings now. But, but y'all, we got to learn to love the skin that we in. Number eight, does anxiety put a damper on most of your days? And if it does, you really need to work with that. And if you can't fix that on your own, I would encourage you to seek professional help. Number nine, what has or have been your biggest mistakes? Think about your lifetime and what are some of the biggest mistakes that you've made? And then I want you to ask yourself, what did you learn from those mistakes? Did you repeat those mistakes? And number 10, what will people say about you at your funeral? What lasting impression are you going to leave on people when the good Lord sees fit to call you home? Think about that. Now, if you're one of these people who says, you know what, I really don't care because I won't be here. So it doesn't matter to me what people think. I really would like for you to rethink that. Now, I'm not saying to to walk around with your world all wrapped up in what people are going to think about you. But I really want you to think about what lasting impression are you going to leave on other people? When I think about Rosa Parks and I think about Harriet Tubman and you look at Oprah and you look at Iyanla Van Zandt and so many other people that folks truly just love and they admire, they're leaving lasting impression, impressions on people. That's what I want for all of us. So you guys, that's it. That's all I have. Thank you so much for giving me just a little bit of your time. I hope something I said resonated with you, made you stop and think about life, made you really stop and think, and hopefully you'll pull out your journals and start taking some notes and really thinking about some of the stuff that I asked you, if not everything. Thank you so very much. I love each and every one of you to the from the bottom to the top and everything in between. Always know that I love you and I care about you. I love you so much that I love you even when nobody else even likes you. You always know that Michelle has your back. I am always going to be supportive of what it is that you want to do because I truly care about each and every one of you. Most of you, I will never get a chance to meet and that's all right, but I still believe in you. And I still love each and every one of you. So that's it. Please be sure to subscribe and support my podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated. And you do you can do so for as little as 99 cents a month if you choose to. Now go out there and be great. Because great is calling you. 
and great is calling me. Until our next podcast, take care. 